Cornwall, 1594. In villages and hamlets across the rolling Cornish moorlands, farmers are coming in from the fields. It's been a long day. Farmers were up before the dawn, and now it's four o'clock, and all they can think about is drink. The pub was the center of village life. That's Harold Straycat, historian. More so than the church, really. The church might offer help when it was needed, but the public house was an everyday place of sanctuary. And the Cornish love a drink. That's Tom Evewich, steward of the Society for Cornish Heritage. A lot more than they ever loved Jesus. But of course, until five o'clock, they couldn't have a drink. That's Chris Borthwain, parliamentary archivist. That was the law, actually until 1976, with the passage of the Intoxicating Spirits and Hospitality Act. It was illegal anywhere in England to serve alcohol before 5 p.m. So, for those thirsty farmers... That's Gahanis Anikatalbumrad, host of this radio life. It was a long hour before... Wait, who was that? Oh, pardon me. It, it was a long hour before they could get their hands on the ale that they craved. It was a different, more superstitious time in, in Cornwall. Cornwall. And thirsty as they were... Every Cornish man knew that alcohol was the devil's instrument, so a tradition grew up. When the village bells rang five, they would greet the opening of the bar with a loud chorus of boos. Over time, waiting for the bar to open and for alcoholic drinks to go on sale became, in the Cornish idiom, waiting for the booze. Some of those farmers found their way to Plymouth, and on a ship bound for the New World, and though the pilgrim states of New England were free from the petty drinking laws of the old country, the phrase stuck. Every thirsty pilgrim was waiting for booze, and eventually the devil, the booing, the five o'clock ritual, all that fell away, leaving just our new word for drink. Booze. And what a great word it is. This fortnight, words. Where they came from, how they're used. I'm Gehennis Atticataubenrad, and from PVC and the Lyndon B. Johnson Center for Dream, Whimsy, and Policy Studies, you're listening to This Radio Life. Now, if you're listening to this, I'd wager that you have access to... The internet. The internet. Internet is uh, that massive computer right. network, the one that's becoming really big now. The internet. The internet. Like so many modern terms, keyboard, quantum, gastropub, the word internet was originally coined by William Shakespeare. Within the court, an internet of souls doth speak falsehood as would undo our house. That's Clarence from Henry IV, Part Two. Thanks to the Milwaukee House of Shakespeare for letting us use that. So the internet is an old idea, but since moving to computers, it's really exploded into life. From humble text, through great audio, and now into the third dimension of video, the internet has redefined, challenged, and perhaps even broken our idea of what society is, was, and can be. Nowhere is this more apparent than on YouTube. Oh, crazy.
these things I've ever experienced. And the more I've spoken about feminism, you're lucky she even performed for you, bastard. Brother, I am not I hate it as a platform, but I have to admit that without YouTube, I wouldn't have a career now. I wouldn't have the audience that I do. If you're on YouTube, chances are you know that voice. It belongs to Robert Heyman, but online, most people know him as En Makar of Uruk. He has more than 800,000 subscribers, his own subreddit. He's famous. Um, ha have you heard of En Makar of Uruk? Um, yes. See? To understand how En Makar got so famous, you need to go back to the early days of the computerized internet. When the internet was first booted up, 99% of Americans reported themselves to be evangelical Calvinist Protestants at least. That's Richard Hamitage, popular historian. Predestination, hellfire, the whole deal, it was really everybody. And that wasn't the whole story. A significant sub-percentage of those surveyed were happy to identify themselves as violent religious extremists. It's unimaginable now because the internet broke all of that. Within 15 months of the first website going live, Christianity rates had fallen to around 20%. It's a heck of a drop. I mean, I'm not so surprised. I mean, I, I used to be a pretty committed Dominionist myself, but the numbers are stark, right? They are. So in your view, what caused that drop off in faith? I mean, the internet is just a medium, right? So what did it? Well, in a word, it was atheists. Atheists. Atheists? Atheists. Atheists? Yeah, a small but committed band of atheists used the internet to decimate religious faith in America. Richard told me that the atheists, men like Christopher Hitchens and Daniel Dennett, were so successful at eradicating religion that you're hard pushed to find a trace of it today. I mean, I don't know anyone religious. The whole idea of it is just comical to me. Robert Heyman and Makara Varuk, he remembers those times fondly. Yeah, it was exciting. All these great rational minds were out there taking down this monolith that had existed, you know, forever. And I, uh, yeah, it was, it was inspiring to me. So you wanted to be a part of it? Yes, I did. And I thought, you know, Hitchens is such a great writer and his books are really, you know, but, but maybe I could do the same thing. Except instead of writing books that take ages to read, you know, I could I could make videos that you can watch in half an hour, and but, but lots of them, you know, so that if you want something as long as a book, you can have that. But also, if you just want to dip in for, for ten minutes, it, well, it, it's about argument for me, you know. At first, Robert stuck to uploading edited highlights of popular atheists in debate with the last few holdouts from Christianity. For a while, he was just another voice in the wilderness, but when the views came, they came in a tsunami. In August 2011, Robert published a video called Hitchens Takes a Christian, Gets Him in a Chokehold, Body Slams Him, Kicks Him in the Teeth and Sits on His Head Until He Screams Uncle. It was just a video of Christopher Hitchens clearing his throat and then saying no to a question he'd been asked. But I don't know, something about that title really resonated with people. It did. 
In 24 hours, the video received half a million views. By the end of the week, it was up to 2 million. I mean, Hitchens had said no really well to that Christian, but I think my title can contextualised and located it within the culture in a way that allowed it to really connect with the wider discourse around atheism and Christianity and, and, and all that. The hits kept coming. Robert's December 2011 video, Dawkins flies a rhetorical Stuka dive bomber right into a creationist's fat, spittle-flecked face and obliterates his arguments with a 50-megaton payload of rationality, a 20-second clip of Richard Dawkins rolling his eyes at someone, got 10 million views. It was around then that Robert started to think about creating content of his own. Yeah, so I, I, I felt like I'd mastered the art of the title by that point. And I'm not knocking titles. You know, a lot of great guys, um, they just work with titles and it's all valuable. But I started to feel like maybe I could push into to other areas. I mean, I loved watching atheists decimate biblical literalists, right? But I thought maybe I could decimate a biblical literalist. You know, I mean, I'd seen enough biblical literalists get decimated. I, I, how hard could it be? And so he did. Without a publishing history or a university fellowship, Robert found it impossible to get himself onto the kind of panel discussion where real decimations were possible. But he found that on the internet, you didn't need to appear on stages. You didn't even need to meet the Christians you were going to decimate. You could just look them up because on YouTube... You can look up anything. So I, I found a Christian on YouTube. Um, his name was, uh, I think it was, yeah, it was Heart Christ Fifty Four, right? And I set myself up so that I could respond to his video in real time, and I, I just started decimating. <laughs> This week's Look at This Idiot, and what an idiot we're going to look at today. Hi, I'm Tim, and welcome to Creation Studies. We're going to be looking today at the question, how old is the Earth? What does the Bible have to say about it? Where <laughs> what an idiot! The Bible is just a fictional book by some desert-dwelling tribespeople. This is a perfect example of the appeal to authority fallacy. Who cares what it's got to say? Sorry, mate, but you've been... And from there, Enmakar of Uruk went stratospheric. Viral does not cover it. More people watched his video, bending a Christian apologist over, yanking down his speedos and literally branding his unreasonable ass with the red-hot poker of logic 5,000 times over, than watched Live Aid. Enmakar was a bona fide star. But something was rotten in the state of Enmakar. More after this. This radio life, baby. Support for this radio life comes from ISIS. Yeah, that's right. Actual fucking ISIS. ISIS, the smartphone app that helps you live smarter in connected times? No. 
actual ISIS, the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria. That's right. A lot of people say, hey, this radio life, do you think the host-read ad-supported model is a viable mechanism for professional podcasters going forward? Well, in partnership with ISIS, we say yes indeed. I've been an active supporter of ISIS for 30 years. I love their crazy exploits, catching them on the news now and then, their flag, all of that. So we're delighted to have them on board as our new sponsor. If you've been on the fence about ISIS, here's something that might help you make up your mind. For a limited time, if you go online and sign up for ISIS using the code THISRADIO, you can get a free flag and pole for your front lawn. That's ISIS. Actual fucking ISIS. And we were here for it. Now, back to our show. Anne McCarr's YouTube career was going from strength to strength. But one day, I just ran out of questions. So walk me through what happened. There's really not that much to say. I mean, one day I went down to YouTube, as I do every morning, Mm. and I searched for Christians, but nothing. So I searched for creationists, nothing. Searched for Bible studies, nothing. All the usual things. But there was just loads of videos of them being decimated by logic. God, that must have been really hard for you. Yeah, I mean, this was my livelihood by this point. I, well, I'd given up my job, you know. But you, so, I mean, you needed something to keep it going, right? So what did you do? What did I do? Well, I, you know, I eviscerated pseudoscience for a bit. That kept bread on the table. I dabbled in annihilating Muslims, but, you know, my heart really wasn't in that. Um, I, I hate to say it, but I even obliterated a Buddhist once. That was, well, that was probably when I was at my lowest point. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I mean, that yeah. must have been really hard. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was hard. You know, my, my wife was on at me. You know, we've got, got to keep it going, got to keep the mortgage up. And our daughter was only two then, so so that was difficult. And you know what? That's when it hit me. I thought, what is the most unreasonable kind of man? Okay. okay. You see where I'm going? That's right. Women. Of course, women. And where do women live? On, well, they live on Tumblr. On Tumblr. Hello everyone, welcome to Look at This Idiot for the 5th of March 2017. And today's idiot is our favourite Tumblrina, Annabelle Willikins. Let's hear what's coming out of the idiot's mouth this time. Anne McCarr of Arook had discovered feminism. 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 It was on the tip of everyone's tongue. I just gave it a name. Are you... Is that from Fight Club? No. Feminism was a goose. And if the golden eggs that it was laying were views, then the yolk inside them was ad revenue. And unlike the Christian goose, the feminist goose was not about to die. If anything, killing it only made it stronger. And soon, with Newtonian predictability, and Makar's goose gave birth to an equal and opposite goose of its own. That goose's name was Lucy Kindersley Press. The daughter of Viscount Kindersley Press, Lucy is a prodigious talent. Her political memoir, My Burdens, was published when she was still just a senior at Hampden College, England's most prestigious private girls' school. And she didn't enjoy Anne Makar of Arook, even a little bit. She wrote a hit piece for Lilith Online, exposing the sexist underbelly of online video, the toxic commentary of Robert Heyman, taking Anne McCarr's arguments to pieces. For the first time, the decimator had become the decimatee. 
His video response, released a few days later, was one of the top viewed videos of the year and prompted accusations that Enmakar had deliberately orchestrated a campaign of doxing, hatred, and harassment. We contacted Lucy, and she didn't want to talk to us, but she sent us this email, which is read now by me, with my voice pitch shifted up so I sound like a woman might sound kind of. She said, I have nothing more to say about Robert Heyman's so-called arguments. I stand by the points made in my piece for Lilith. Mr. Heyman personally left insulting messages on my private voicemail, which I think somewhat undermines his claims not to have been responsible for the campaign of harassment that he chose to unleash upon me. Please find attached an audio recording of this call. <laughs> what did she say? She said that you left mm. personally insulting messages mm. on her voicemail. But did I, though? Or has she fallen into my trap? I don't know. I mean, did you leave personally insulting messages on her voicemail? Will you tell me? Well, look, um, she sent us this audio recording. You have one unheard message. First unheard message sent yesterday at 7.15 p.m. Hello, Lucy. Hi, this is N. Makar of Aruk, and I just want to say you are a massive c I mean, it doesn't sound great for you, man. Is that all she sent you? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she's clever. I'll give her that. But wait there, wait there. I've got something that will blow your mind wide open. Okay, let's rewind. Remember when I said that Anne McCarr had released a response video? Well, in it, he had outlined a plan. <laughs> Everyone, welcome to Look at This Idiot for August 4th, 2017. And today's idiot. I think when the history of the meme space is written, N. Makar's stratagem will be recorded as one of the great intellectual impostures of our time. That's Karin Humpling. He's a moderator at r slash Uruk, a subreddit devoted to discussing N. Makar's ideas. It was a scheme so masterful, I think it took a lot of, even people who were followers of his work, it took a lot of us by surprise. It was like something out of Conan Doyle or, or Ocean's Eleven. We knew that if she took the bait, there would be no coming back for her. This was decimation on a scale that no one had ever seen before. It really was clever. That's Borden Mikanovich. He's a disgraced professor of semiotics at the University of Quebec. Assault on free speech happening in the world at the moment in the public sphere. And this character, Anne McCarr, had really hit on a bloody smart way to expose this woman. What Anne McCarr did was this He knew that Lucy had been doxxed, that is, her personal details had appeared online. She tweeted that she was receiving insulting messages, but Anne McCarr didn't believe it. He knew his fans were better than that, so he decided to call her himself. And I thought, what I'll do is, I won't insult her at all. I'll say something completely innocuous, nothing bad. And then, if she's doing what I think she is doing, she'll go online and she'll try to claim that I insulted her. But actually, I never did. Okay, but, I mean, I have the audio, man. It, it, it doesn't leave much room for doubt. Doesn't it? Well, listen, I've got a recording of that call, too. Okay. Do you want to hear? You, you've got it on your phone there? I do. Well, we'll play it. Right, here we go. Hello, Lucy. Hi, this is N. McCarr of Rook, and I just want to say you are a massive cunt. Rehouse.
<laughs> Bye. Oh. Oh, wow. See, I didn't do anything wrong. I just said she was a country house. There's nothing wrong with a country house, is there? No, there's not. It was brilliant. Quite, quite masterful. And she fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. She did. Lucy Kindersley Press is on record in multiple interviews claiming that Anne McCarr insulted her when we have recorded evidence that he did no such thing. Like he says, there's nothing wrong with being called a country house. Country houses are nice. We emailed Lucy back. Again, she didn't want to talk to us, but here's her response. Context is irrelevant in this case. Anyone listening to the audio of the call would see at once what Mr. Heyman's intention was. It was clear to her, but to everyone? No, not at all. In the weeks that followed Anne McCarr's stratagem, YouTube, Tumblr, Twitter, the whole internet blew up. Hello everyone, and now we come to Lucy Kinsley Press. She doesn't like being called a country house, apparently. And I'm sorry, but her claims have been exposed as bullshit. Well, this snowflake can't deal with disagreement. Just can't believe that this community that I love would stoop so low as to endorse a man who would, who would use the C-word toward a strong, beautiful woman. C-word? Country house? That's the debate that's raging on the internet. Um, feminism, as I understand it, is the political... We need to organize, we need to stand up, we need to shut down this man's channel. If my father, a proud atheist, can see what's become of us, I think that he would die all over again. This is why Trump won. It's impossible to reach a full accounting, but we had our intern try to estimate how many hours of YouTube footage were dedicated to the controversy. She got to a solid year's worth before she gave up and resigned. The collected view counts exceed the number of humans who were alive on the planet in 1997. There were riots in Berkeley and in Boulder. When Ann McCarr spoke at TubeCon in Minnesota, the estimated security bill was in the tens of millions. To me, it seemed clear-cut. I like country houses, so why not be called one? But it was obviously about more than that to some people. We were split in the office. Two people left our research team. I fought about it with my father-in-law so badly over Thanksgiving dinner that Clara and I are no longer welcome in their home. It's been a bad moon rising. So look, we were not sure what our editorial line should be on this story. So we called a grown-up. Um... Hello? Hi, is that a grown-up? Speaking. Okay, so, hi, I'm calling from This Radio Life. Okay. And we've been putting together a story about a YouTuber called N. Makar of a Rook. Now, he's super successful, but back in August, he got into a row with a journalist called Lucy Kindersley Press, in which he made a call to her voicemail, and he said she was a country house. But he, like, kind of left a pause in the middle of country, so it sounded like he had used a gendered insult, and it's kind of a huge controversy. Right. So we were hoping um, you could give us your perspective. Righty-ho. Well, the thing about all of this, yeah, it doesn't matter. Oh, but, but N. McCarr has over a million subscribers on YouTube. Doesn't matter. Hashtag Country House has been trending on Twitter now for over a month. Doesn't matter. Okay, but arguments about this have ripped multiple fandoms apart. Doesn't matter at all. The atheist community is in tatters. It doesn't matter. So... What, what you're saying is... None of this matters at all. It, it just 
it doesn't matter. So don't worry about it. Oh, okay. Wow. You know, that actually makes a lot of sense. Thank you. No problem. Is there anything else I can do for you? Well, as I've got you, um, I've got a weird kind of roaring noise when I drive, but only above like about 30 miles an hour. I thought it might be a tire, but but they look fine to me. Oh, well, know? that'll be a wheel bearing. So um, is, is the car under warranty? I think it is. A wheel bearing will be covered. So you take it to the dealership. They'll sort it right out. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. Okay, bye now. Bye. Okay, this Radio Life, the epilogue of our show. Thinking about words today, so we asked one of our researchers to dig up some interesting word facts. This is uh, lexicography, lies, and videotape. Oh my God, these puns! What, you know? Oh my God. Okay, fact me some word. Okay, so you know why Google is named Google? Sure. Um, it's an anagram of uh, let go, right? That's right, the Norwegian explorer. But do you know why Microsoft decided to call Bing, Bing? <laughs> I don't know, is that something to do with, with Chandler? No, it's, a good, it's, it's a good guess, but... No? Um, it's no. not? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, not even close. <laughs> so, okay, so, okay, so what is it? So, Oleg Go, right, the explorer, he had a brother, and he was a tax inspector in Oslo, right? And while Oleg was off charting new territory in the new world and all that, his brother was keeping everything in order back home. Oh, and don't tell me, his name was, his name was Bing. Right? His name was Bin. Okay, so Bin. Bin Go. But Bingo seemed too on the nose for like a search engine. Sure. So they shortened it to Bing, and the whole thing is just a big in-joke between Microsoft and Google. Okay, okay. Yeah, now right. that is a good one. Right. Give me another. Okay, here's another one. So, um, okay, so cilantro. Um, you know what they call cilantro in Europe? Yeah, um, it's it's coriander, right? Like like the spice. Yes, but they call the spice coriander too. So they have coriander, which is cilantro, and then coriander seed, which is the spice. That's confusing. It is confusing, but but look, the two kinds. No, get this. The two kinds of coriander have completely separate linguistic roots. What? No way. Yeah, so the spice is from coriander, which those are the, the Farsi words for pungent seed. Yeah, that makes sense. But the herb is named for corianders. What? Yeah, he was a Danish sea captain, and supposedly he's the guy who first brought cilantro to Europe, so they just renamed it for him. And the words, they end up the same, and that's just, uh... Yeah, it's a complete coincidence. Wow, I love that. Right? We asked on our Twitter for you to call in with your interesting word origins. Gotta be honest, a lot of the calls were not great radio. But we like these ones. <coughs> Hello, um, this Radio Life? Yeah, well, um, my, my name is, um... Okay, so my name is Greg Antonopoulos. I'm calling from the Bronx. And yes, yeah, so I'm pretty sure that Peter Bread was named after my great uncle Peter. Did you know that uh, the Sunningdale Agreement that laid the foundation for peace in Northern Ireland was named after the high school in Buffy the Vampire Slayer? 
Yeah, apparently uh, Peter Mandelson, he was one of Tony Blair's top guys. He was a huge fan of Buffy, and he said it represented all that was good in the world. And it would be a great name for the agreement, you know. So, yeah, I always thought that was interesting. Well, I remember when I was a little girl, there was no such thing as the letter X. FDR just added that to the language after the crash of 29 so that they'd have enough letters for all of the new words they were going to need during the New Deal. Now, you tell that to kids these days, and I tell you, they won't believe you, but there it is. Okay, goodbye now. Hmm, meh. Okay, that's our show. What's your favorite word? Mine is Filipino. It sounds so exotic and fun. But that's that. Thanks to all our contributors. That was a great episode. I feel a little giddy. Oh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Heart, heart, XX, as they could not say in 1928. Mwah! This radio life. This Radio Life is written and performed by Simon Indelicate. You can find out more about his band at indelicates.com. Julia Indelicate did a couple of voices on this one too, and we used a bunch of sound effects from freesound.org. If we made you laugh a little, cry a little, look out at the world and ask why a little, then we could use your help. Subscribe, rate us on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts. Write a review, tweet about us, tell your friends. We'll see you soon.